This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. President Trump's virus fight. It's been a very interesting journey. I learned a lot about COVID. Campaign rolls on. The fundraising emails are still going out at a usual clip. California fire toll reaches 4 million acres. Doubling the worst year on record with no end in sight. Good morning. I'm Steve Kathan with the CBS World News Roundup. After a weekend of mixed signals, confusion, and contradiction, President Trump's medical team says he could be released from the hospital today, just days after revealing his coronavirus diagnosis. CBS News White House correspondent Ben Tracy. I learned a lot about COVID. I learned it by really going to school. In a new video from his hospital suite last night, President Trump says he finally understands coronavirus, seven months into the crisis that has killed nearly 210,000 Americans. This is the real school. This isn't the let's read the book school. And I get it and I understand it. The president then got in his SUV and went out to wave to supporters gathered outside. He was wearing a mask and the White House said the movement was cleared by its medical team. But some experts say he risked exposing his security detail to the virus. I was trying to reflect the, the, uh, the upbeat attitude that the team, the president, that his course of illness has had. President Trump's physician, Dr. Sean Conley, admitted to giving an overly optimistic view of the president's health this weekend. You know, it came off. Uh, that we were trying to hide something, which wasn't necessarily true. The doctors now acknowledge the president had a high fever and his oxygen levels dropped twice. He's been given dexamethasone, a steroid, and remdesivir, an antiviral drug. Treatments typically indicated for severely ill COVID patients. CBS's Dr. David Agus says from what we know, the president is being treated with drugs that suggest he has a difficult case of the virus. Yeah, there's certainly a discrepancy between the description that was given of this clinical condition and the drugs that are being used. And what we're told is just, you know, two episodes of a low oxygen transiently, that doesn't really fit the picture for a potent immune suppressive like dexamethasone. This morning, President Trump fired off a string of political tweets, most of them in all caps. CBS News political analyst Leonard Steinhorn says his SUV ride yesterday was designed to rev up support. For President Trump, any form of vulnerability is a sign of weakness, and weakness is for people who lose. So even with a serious case of coronavirus, 
he's determined to show strength, to show defiance, to show his supporters that nothing, not even a pandemic, can break his will or make him seem anything other than a winner. Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden has tested negative for the virus. He is set to make three appearances in Miami today. CBS News political correspondent Ed O'Keefe says both campaigns are dealing with the president's illness. The Trump campaign is moving ahead with virtual events and isn't stopping attacks on rival Joe Biden's COVID precautions out on the trail. Biden wants to surrender our country to the virus. And the plan is for Vice President Mike Pence to campaign in Arizona on Thursday, a day after he debates Biden running mate Senator Kamala Harris in Utah. Meanwhile, Biden is keeping to his schedule and preparing for the next two debates if they happen. But Biden is pulling down all attack ads, at least for now, even as he intends to keep spending tens of millions of dollars on TV and digital ads. And he's trying to pull off a tricky balancing act. He expresses concern for the first family. Joe and I pray for their quick and full recovery, but uh, our thoughts are with the families and the members you've lost as well. But on Saturday, criticized the president for failing to provide personal protective equipment to transportation workers. If that's not the president's responsibility, what the hell, what the heck is his responsibility? Our latest CBS News Battleground tracking poll looks at two crucial states. Fred Backus is manager of surveys. In Ohio, the race is dead even. 47% of Ohio voters supporting Donald Trump and 47% supporting Joe Biden. In Pennsylvania, Joe Biden leads Donald Trump by seven percentage points. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio is looking to roll out new restrictions in 20 hotspots, reporting a spike in coronavirus cases in Brooklyn and Queens. Under the plan, in nine neighborhoods, non-essential businesses and schools would close. It is necessary to stop the spread of the coronavirus in these communities and beyond, and it's necessary for the good of all of New York City. Florida's largest school district is reopening classrooms for students today. The number two movie theater chain in the world is suspending operations at all of its 536 regal theaters in the U.S. and more than 100 in the U.K. It'll leave 45,000 people out of work. Wildfires have set a new record in California, burning more than 4 million acres this year. State Fire Chief Tom Porter tells 60 Minutes. I'm afraid without significant change in the moisture that we get from the atmosphere, we're going to continue to see this getting worse and worse and worse. The fires being fought now in Northern California are blamed for at least 31 deaths and the loss of hundreds of homes and vineyards. It's the first Monday in October, and the U.S. Supreme Court will open a new term with eight justices going to work just weeks after the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. CBS News legal analyst Thane Rosenbaum. Even if Amy Coney Barrett is confirmed before Election Day, there are a number of cases that will be heard in October that will proceed without her, such as a case dealing with police violence, another an abuse of the no-fly list, and a copyright lawsuit between Oracle and Google. CBS's Lisa Mateo tells us there's been court action on the detention of immigrant children in hotel rooms. An appeals court has left in place a lower court's order that requires the U.S. to stop using hotel rooms to detain immigrant children unaccompanied by a parent. Border agents have placed more than 550 children in hotel rooms since March. The judges question why the children were not guaranteed access to lawyers and weren't being placed in youth shelters instead. Three men shared the Nobel Prize in medicine for their discovery of the hepatitis C virus. In Atlanta, actor Thomas Jefferson Byrd, known for roles in several Spike Lee films, was found shot and killed over the weekend. Police say there were gunshot wounds in his back. 
The 70-year-old Bird was also a stage actor and a 2003 Tony nominee. A new report says current efforts to cut down on plastic pollution will not be enough to have much of an impact in the long run. Even if the world's governments adhere to commitments to curb plastic pollution, annual plastic emissions may increase more than sixfold by 2030. The study from Arizona State University. Co-investigator Leah Gerber. Plastic pollution into rivers, lakes, and oceans is 24 to 35 million metric tons. More than three times the number that's going just to oceans. Gerber calls for managing the production of plastic. Stefan Kaufman, CBS News, Prescott, Arizona. The Andrew Mellon Foundation is going to spend $250 million over five years to help build new monuments and memorials, add context to existing ones, and relocate others. A Philadelphia group will start with an audit of monuments all over the country. That's the Roundup. I'm Steve Kathan, CBS News. Nancy's love story could have been ripped right out of the pages of one of her own novels. She was a romance mystery writer who happens to be married to a chef. But this story didn't end with a happily ever after. When I stepped into the kitchen, I could see that Chef Brophy was on the ground and I heard somebody say, call 911. As writers, we'd written our share of murder mysteries. So when suspicion turned to Dan's wife, Nancy, we weren't that surprised. The first person they look at would be the spouse. We understand that's usually the way they do it. But we began to wonder, had Nancy gotten so wrapped up in her own novels... There are murders in all of the books. ...that she was playing them out in real life? You can listen to Happily Never After, Dan and Nancy, early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history. Inspired by the hit podcast American History Tellers, Wondery and William Morrow present the new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, the world-altering decisions, and shocking scandals that have shaped our nation. You'll be there when the very foundations of the White House are laid in 1792, and you'll watch as the British burn it down in 1814. Then you'll hear the intimate conversations between FDR and Winston Churchill as they make plans to defeat Nazi forces in 1941. And you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Pre-order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital editions wherever you get your books. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. And how long have you been the, the producer of this? We've been doing this for two years now. Okay. And and what is it like to attempt to uh, get feedback from me about the podcast? Be honest about how quickly I respond to emails. You actually respond to emails surprisingly fast. Really? I, I think you might be the only person I respond to. <laughs> I respond to quickly. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. I expected I expected you to lay into me. Well, this was over the strike period. Oh, I had time. Yeah. See, that, that, does, that doesn't count. <laughs> Sure, I responded to everything because responding to you, putting reruns up on the podcast was like a form of employment. Yeah. And I felt like I had something to get up for every yeah. day. So thank you for that. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.